Today is Family Sunday and we're continuing our series on the fruit of the Spirit. And this morning I'm sharing about patience in the context of Easter and with our theme around comfort through suffering and salvation. Now I don't know about you but for me patience and I reckon self-control have got to be one of the hardest fruit of the Spirit to do. You know I'm good with love and joy and I'm sure we all are with peace and kindness but patience, oh, that is a killer. That's <laughs> a killer. Um, COVID-19 has brought out the best and the worst of people. Um, it's amazing what we've seen on the news with just the panic buying and the need for people to have toilet paper now, to have rice now, to have hand sanitizer now. The patience has been strikingly absent and as patience has run uncontrollably, coupled with fear and anxiety, this has produced some amazing, amazing, crazy and ridiculous behaviour, hasn't it? Patience is not only the ability to stay calm while driving behind someone slow, or the ability to wait quietly and without complaining while that person at the Macca's drive-thru in front of you is taking like so long to place their order. That's not just patience. But what patience is, is waiting while going through something tough with a good attitude. Now that's the key. It's our attitude, it's our heart. It's the ability to accept delay, trouble, pain and suffering without getting angry or upset, without complaining, being hasty or impulsive. It's to endure, bear bravely and stay calm. It's a barometer or a measurement of our relationship with God, isn't it? We all go through rough times, whether it be in a relationship with work colleagues, sickness or the death of a loved one. How are we going to respond when those situations come our way? What's our heart going to be like? The end result is that we want to have walked through these relationships, walked through these times with our relationships still intact, with our hearts still devoted to Christ 100%, and with the ability to still show love and compassion and kindness to others. Demonstrating patience when we go through a rough time will help us come out the other side with an amazing testimony of the strength and the love and the kindness and the goodness of who God has been in our life. But firstly, let me get through some of the consequences of being impatient. Let's just get these out of the way. <laughs> when we show and demonstrate impatience, we can get angry real quickly. We say and think and do things we regret. We lose our temper and we let our emotions get the better of us. Sometimes we lose friendships. Sometimes our heart can get bitter towards God and to others. We make poor decisions. We complain and complain and complain and whinge and complain a bit more. Do we do those things or maybe that's just me? <laughs> How can we stop these negative things from happening in our life? We do it by demonstrating patience. So how do we become patient? When we talk about patience, we often talk about how we exercise patience. We need to exercise patience because we really never know 
when we're going to use it or need it until the time comes. Surely it's ready when I need it, right? Nah. We don't actually think about learning or preparing to be patient until the trial comes. Then we expect our patience to automatically kick in um, and we expect our attitudes and our emotions to remain calm and keep us strong. But we know it doesn't happen that way, does it? So we need to prepare for it. We need to work on our patience even when we don't need it. And we need to exercise our patience before trials come our way. When my children were little, my mother-in-law, Ben's mum, gave me some great advice. She said, kids need to learn to sit still and sit quietly so that when they're at school, they can concentrate or when they're at church, they can sit still. That's right, people, no talking, no moving. This had to be alert behaviour. I mean, we know what kids are like. They're just constantly on the go. I had to provide intentional opportunities for them to learn patience. So when Mia was five, Josh was three, and Anna was two, we would practice patience. The four of us would sit in the kitchen, at the kitchen table, and we'd have our hands folded in front of us, and they weren't to talk or move. And if they did talk or move, they had to do it with their eyes shut like this. They used to scratch up their eyes. It was the funniest thing to watch. <laughs> we started at 10 seconds and we built up to seven or eight minutes. I needed to teach my children to stop and be patient. And it needed to be taught before it was even required. A glaring omission was Ben, but I knew I had a better chance with the kids, yeah? <laughs> we need to purposely put patience on every day. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's children, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with patience, clothe yourself with kindness, clothe yourself with gentleness and humility. We need to do this every day. We need to put on patience. And so we can start trying this, this exercise and this putting on patience by being patient with our children or our spouse with our mum or our dad. Patience at the traffic lights. Patience when the internet is taking too long to load. Patience, holding. we need to practice holding our tongue when we could otherwise complain or get angry with someone. Jesus, as always, provides the perfect example of patience. Patience through suffering and trial. Let's read from Isaiah 53, which prophesies the suffering, the torment, and patience of Jesus. Who has believed our message? To whom will the Lord reveal his saving power? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, sprouting from a root in dry and sterile ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected a man of sorrows, acquainted with bitterest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way when he went by. He was despised, and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried, it was our sorrows that weighed him down, and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God for his own sins. But he was wounded and crushed for our sins. 
He was beaten that we might have peace. He was whipped, and we were healed. All of us have strayed away like sheep. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the guilt and sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. From prison and trial they led him away to his death. But who among the people realized that he was dying for their sins, that he was suffering their punishment? He had done no wrong, and he never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and fill him with grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have a multitude of children, many heirs. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of what he has experienced, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of one who is mighty and great, because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among those who were sinners. He bore the sins of many, and interceded for sinners. So how did Jesus keep his heart soft, and still obey his Father? How did he do that when he was going through all those things that we have just read and we have just seen? How could he do that? He mastered patience. His ministry had provided him opportunity to exercise patience, to clothe himself daily with patience so that he could come to that cross and he could bear the sins of the world in pure patience without opening his mouth. Jesus exercised patience when being tempted in the wilderness. Matthew 4 says the devil questions his basic need for food and comfort. The devil undermines his trust in his father and he tries to rattle Jesus' authority and position. And how does Jesus respond? He doesn't fly off the handle in anger at the devil. No way. He responds with the word of God. Church, we've got to know the word of God before our trials come. We need to be grounded in and know the scriptures that are going to strengthen us and remind us of God's promises, which will ensure us that when we face trials, we will face them well. Jesus experiences patience in waiting. There are multiple accounts where Jesus says he's constantly telling people just that he's given them a miracle or he's healed them and he said, just don't say anything. Not yet, just wait. Please don't go tell anybody. Jesus knew his time had not yet come. He was practicing patience. Jesus shows us that patience means we need to seek wisdom and self-control about when we speak and when we don't speak. A third example that Jesus exercises patience is when he hears about the death of John the Baptist. In Matthew 14, when Jesus heard that his cousin had died a gruesome death, he just wants to be alone and just spend time with his father and just talk it through. He was sad. He was grieving. And yet the crowds just kept coming and coming. And he had to show patience. He could not be impatient in that moment. 
So what did he do? He continued to comfort them. He had compassion over them. He healed them. And then he provides food for 5,000 people. That is the feeding the 5,000 story. After the people go and he dismisses the crowd, then he is able to spend time with his father. And he finally gets a chance to pray. And Jesus shows us that patience helps us keep going despite our circumstances. It reminds us not to give up just because it hasn't happened how we'd like it. it Jesus demonstrates that patience is showing kindness and compassion, even when we're hurting and grieving inside and when people are just oblivious to our own sufferings. These examples and countless more show that Jesus exercised patience during his ministry, which prepared him for the cross. It prepared him for that moment. His patience didn't just suddenly and magically appear when he was praying at the Garden of Gethsemane. No, he had practiced it. He had clothed himself daily during his ministry to prepare him for what was before him. And further to that, the determination and display of patience, despite his upcoming suffering, came from the internal assurances that we that he already presented in his life. They were already there. They were present. And these are the things that I would like us to pick up on today. There are just four quick things that are internal assurances that stabilise us and strengthen us when we go through tough times and where we need to show patience, where we need to hold our anger, where we need to not speak in that moment, when we need to show love instead of unforgiveness. And so to, to go through that, we need to, um, Isaiah 53 gives us some answers of how Jesus had the ability to bear the, work, the burden and the weight of his suffering on the road to Calvary. The first one is Jesus was comforted by the presence of his father. Verse 2 says, my servant grew up in the Lord's presence. If we want to respond with patience when, a, when hard times come, we must immerse ourselves in the presence of Jesus. Ben and I celebrated our 22nd wedding anniversary yesterday. And we are more like each other now than the day we got married. The two have become one. We, um, we're rubbing off on each other. And I think I act and think a little bit more like him. And he acts and thinks a little bit more like me now. Bless him. It's the same with our Heavenly Father. As we are continually in his presence, morning by morning, day by day, we start to talk and act and think like him. We are transformed into who he is and we are changed from glory to glory as our heart becomes entwined with his heart. That's the first one. The second one is Jesus was secure in his identity because he knew his father and he knew that his father was pleased in him. Verse 11 of Isaiah 53 in the new NIV says, after the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. Father God announced that he was pleased with his son Jesus at his baptism. He said, this is my son for whom I am pleased. 
This statement of truth does not change as Jesus takes and walks that road to Calvary, carrying our shame, carrying our rejection, carrying the weight and the sins of the world. That statement of truth that he is well pleased with his son does not change. Doesn't make sense in my mind because I know when the enemy tricks me into feeling shame and when I get feelings of guilt and rejection, I find it very hard to think that Jesus is pleased with me in those moments. Sometimes I think it's only in the good moments that Jesus is pleased with me. But that's not the truth. That's not the truth. He, he is pleased with us always. When we truly realise and truly know that the Father looks at us through his lens of righteousness and holiness and that he calls us his child no matter what, then we can tackle those hard times with reassurance. We can tackle those moments where we showed impatience, knowing that we are in him, knowing God still wants to have relationship with us and knowing that there is nothing that we can do that can separate us from the love of God. It is also in our obedience that God is pleased and satisfied with us, just like Jesus. When we still respect and forgive, when we still hold our tongue and treat others with kindness despite what's happening around us, this is when the Father is most pleased. Thirdly, Jesus knew his purpose and was part of the plan. Verse 11 says, For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Jesus' purpose was to glorify the Father by being the conduit for reconciliation and giving us eternal life. Jesus knew that this was the end result. This was why he had come to earth and this was his purpose and this was required of him. And this helped him endure the cross with patience, without saying a word. Knowing our purpose, knowing that we have been put here on earth to bring God glory and that we are also part of God's plan will keep us focused and stay on task. It will remind us not to get angry or impatient when things don't go our way because we know it's God's way. And finally, Jesus trusted his Father. This is so important. Verse 10 says, It was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. It was the Lord's will that he was going to head to Calvary, to be beaten, to be mocked, to be whipped, to die on that cross. It was the Lord's will. If someone came up to me and said, I'm going to crush you, I'm going to kill you, I would just turn and run the other way. I'm out of here. There's no way I'm experiencing that. I don't want to live there and stay through that experience. But this is a conversation that the Trinity had. The cross was their master plan. The only way Jesus, as the Son of God and the Son of Man, could patiently endure the cross both emotionally and physically and spiritually was, be able, was to just trust his Father with his life. For us to bear our trials with patience, we're going to need to do the same. We need to trust God. Trust God at his word. Trust what we believe and know his character to be. 
This comes through being in his presence and reminding ourselves of God's faithfulness in the past and expecting God's faithfulness in the future. And so having these internal assurances, these four eternal assurances, will help us show patience and demonstrate patience when trials come our way. The work of patience in our life produces maturity and completion in our faith. This is why we can be patient in affliction, because we know the result of the trial will not destroy us, but rather it will help us grow and mature in the Lord. Embrace it. Embrace patience. Exercise it. Put it on daily. Have the assurance that as we remain in His presence, as our identity is entwined with His, and as we trust in Him that we can overcome anything that life throws with us with a good attitude. Know that this is God's good and pleasing will and He loves it when we do it. Amen.